and um, you're, you're going to get weak. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to a beautiful start. My guest today, Kiki Athanis, she helps smart women conquer emotional eating and practice healthy, balanced eating with consistency and ease, even in the face of life's challenges. She's worked with hundreds of women to free themselves from nonstop thinking about food and turn them into naturally balanced women who are confident about their bodies. I love this episode because we dive into all of the myths surrounding diet culture. We talk about some of the biggest myths that we think is sort of running the show in diet culture right now and how sometimes the quote unquote wellness world can be a bit toxic and can sometimes be doing more harm than good. We chat about meal plans and diets and where they have a place, do they have a place, and some practical ways to foster a healthier relationship with food. Love this conversation because it's something that I so deeply address with so many of the women I work with inside our Naturally Nourished program. And there's just so much confusion around food and what to eat and ingredients. And sometimes this can just lead to some crazy obsession and not honoring our bodies. And so we dive deep into all of it today. Really juicy conversation. I hope you enjoy it and please share it with the women in your life that you feel can benefit from today's episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Enjoy. Hello, Kiki. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm so excited to be here and be chatting with you. I am so excited to have you here. I would love it if you can share a little bit about yourself and what you do with our audience before we dive in. Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. Um, So my name is Kiki and I'm an intuitive eating coach. I say that with almost um, a little bit of a caveat of I feel like I do it a little bit differently, but um, that's usually how people best understand. My work is intuitive eating, mindful eating. Um, Essentially, I help women with eating issues, whether that's disordered eating or whether that's um, orthorexia or, or simply feeling like, you know, they have a, a, a struggling relationship with food. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it was all really inspired by my own journey, struggling with food and finding my way back, back home to my body. Um, and so, yeah, now I get to do that from wherever I am in the world. So I feel super lucky and um, it's really rewarding. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I feel so many of us are in this space because of our own health journey. Mm -hmm. So I'd love it if you can expand on that for us and really let us know like what that looked like for you. Yes. Well, I was, I felt like a major fake or phony or traitor in the wellness space for a while. Um, I was really drawn to the wellness world initially from a place of 
of love and truth. And uh, when I went to university, I started getting into, you know, exercising and eating quote unquote healthy. And, um, and then I really felt like, oh my goodness, this is my passion in life. This is my purpose. And, um, and of course, as a, as a female, you start getting all these compliments on, wow, you're, you're looking slimmer or whatever it is. And so I really made it my identity and it served me for a while until uh, I took it to a whole other extreme. And now there's a word for it. It's orthorexia, this obsession right. with clean eating. Um, and to be honest, I knew that I had this issue for years, but I didn't really care to fix it. I was like, yeah, I definitely have disordered eating. Like it definitely consumes my life and it stresses me out. But at the same time, I do really like wellness still, you know, I'm slim and I'm hot. So like, I don't want to let that go. Um, and so, you know, I'm just going to keep going with the flow. Um, totally. and it wasn't until I started binge eating, I started gaining weight. I lost my period. There were certain things where it was just like, okay, I cannot keep this up. I'm actually willing to just be a normal person now. <laughs> and right. the good news is, is you don't really, you don't have to surrender and just, you know, eat chips on your couch in order to heal, um, which is sort of what I was scared of. Um, yep. But but yeah, it was, um, you know, and, and now I see so many other women specifically in the wellness world that are struggling on, on some degree. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, which I'm sure you know as well. Um, and yeah. so I think it's important that we voice that you know, not everything that we see on Instagram, even the people that we think are, you know, the picture of health have their own struggles be- behind the scenes. And not to say now I'm so perfect, um, but it, but in the capacity of my relationship to food, it is actually peaceful. And I never thought that that could be possible. I just thought, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, I obsess about it and it's something that I just have to work on and work through and, you know, it is what it is, but it's so freeing now to actually feel like, oh, wow, I can have it all in the sense of I can still like healthy food and healthy lifestyle, but from a place of peace and actual balance, which I felt like was always just this concept that wasn't actually real. I totally get it. Like I fully relate and I am certain so many of our listeners today can absolutely relate with you. Um, yeah, I, I went through that cycle myself. Mm-hmm. You become, like you said, it becomes your identity, yeah. right? Of just, and you're questioning every ingredient and every label. Like it really becomes this obsessiveness yeah. and you get to a point where it's just your new norm it's just really how you live. But I know in my case, like I had to really start questioning things and just really start diving in and like, is this, is this actually normal? Is this actually okay? And labeling so many foods as good and bad or shaming myself because I had cravings for this particular thing. And, you know, it just, it can get really out of control. Totally. And you're often influenced as well by people that are feeding into it. Um, I know that yes. friends, they weren't, they didn't mean, mean harm at the time, but of course. we would all just, you know, obsess about, and we have to go to this restaurant, make sure we order this on the side. And then, and it just be, becomes this never ending strategy. And it, it's often not until it backfires in the sense of, again, either digestion um, issues, because I, I often say if there's, it, 
if there's sort of inflammation in the gut, it starts in the head, right? And so not to say, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's just all in your head. But when we start to let it stress us out, um, you know, emotionally, then it does eventually lead to some sort of digestive upset or, or lack totally. of just, you know, peace in your gut. And, um, and that's when oftentimes you're really just, there's no other choice but to face it. Um, and I think it's important to, uh, to kind of calm women down in the sense of like, don't worry, like you don't have to just give it all up. And I feel like that's often what was made me hesitate to healing because I felt like it was either all or nothing. It was either like, right. oh, intuitively eat whatever you want. And like, it doesn't matter. Just like learn to love yourself. Um, yeah. And I felt like I was also shamed for wanting to be slender. Um, I felt like I, I had spoken to, to different coaches and, and they always made me feel really guilty about this like hidden truth inside of me that I was like, but I don't want to gain weight though. Is that okay? And right. it was always yeah. like, oh, well, you know, like self-love and blah, blah, blah. And, and now I really do want to be a voice for like, it's okay to not want added storage on your body. It's totally, totally okay if you're okay with it as well, but we just don't need to be shamed into, you know, having this desire to feel optimal and to also look optimal. I mean, we're, we're human bodies having, you know, a physical experience. Yep, <laughs> and yep. so, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, man, there's just so much misleading information in the wellness space yeah. and for the average woman, you know, someone who's like not certified in nutrition or whatnot, or hasn't gone through schooling, you know, the average everyday busy mom who's just scrolling on Instagram. And, you know, there's just so, there is a lot of toxicity, which I think we should definitely dive into and talk about that. Um, and there's just a lot of misleading info. And there's this interesting, like, yeah, feeling shame around wanting to lose weight and have a healthy, you know, again, healthy, whatever that means to you, right? It's it's going to, that definition is, we all define it very differently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be slim or put on muscle or whatever that means. It's just about getting deeper. And I see it as like, really starting to question, why do you want that? Like if you're doing that from a place that's like really, uh, from a really healthy place because it's for you, not because of what you see or because your partner wants you a specific way or, you know what I mean? Like you're doing it because you're motivated by that. You're inspired by that. That is coming from a place of self-love and where you can do it in a way that is sustainable. You're not losing your period. You're not obsessing over food. You're not cutting out, you know, crazy macros and super restrictive. Like there is a way to do it. And so I can totally go off on the rails here, but let's, let's really scale it back here and talk about some of the toxicity that we're seeing in the wellness space. And like you were saying, you don't even really know what's true anymore and what's real because man, it's scary to see some of the apps that have been created for like filtering, not just your face, but your body. And you could like slim down your waist. And now on TikTok, the, uh, the, um, filters that they have where they don't glitch. So it actually looks 
Like it really is your, you know, it's just, you don't even know what's real anymore to be quite honest. So let's, yeah, let's talk about that, what you're seeing going on in the wellness space and how it might actually be doing more harm than good. Absolutely. And and what you said where it's like, what's true, what's not, I genuinely feel like everything is true and everything is false because we are <laughs> right. all like bio-individual. And so like, let's talk about the food part. Like what works for me today, right now is, you know, it could be healthy for me. It could be super unhealthy for you. Right. Totally. And everyone's searching for the answers, the best diet, whatever it is. But the truth of the matter is it's always changing. It's always fluctuating, just like you are always, you know, constantly regenerating. Your cells are always changing. And sure. so rather than looking for external rules, um, similar to external gratification, we really do have to go inward. Um, and it's hard in a, in a world where um, it seems like we can find all of the answers. Um, and, uh, and, and that just feels like it, it makes more sense to like, oh, this person who's, you know, a very established, you know, nutritionist or whatever, and not to say that they don't have valuable and important information to share. And, and it's interesting because I've sort of changed my tune on that when I first started this work. And I think when I was towards the beginning of my healing journey, I was very anti anyone giving any sort of health advice at all because I was so like, oh, like, we are our own master of our own body. And like any information is so like, just it's all interference. And I was very, very firm on that perspective. And now I've come yep. to a place where it's like, once you heal your stuff, um, you can yep. take in that kind of information from a place of like, hmm, let me check in within my body and see if that's right for me. Let me do it with a with a piece of curiosity, right? And, and let me, you know, biohack while still being, um, you know, sensitive and conscious of my own internal rhythms, right? Right. And, um, and so I I just think that there's an important nuance there. Um, And unfortunately, if if you don't really set the intention to always honor that nuance of like, you are an individual, it can feel very stressful going on social media and seeing the, you know, what I eat in a day post or whatever. And I hear a lot of guilt and shame from from women that, oh, I'm, I'm not eating as good as I should. I'm like, says who? Like, if, if you're coming from a right. place, like, you know what, I'm not feeling super great. And there was a time when I was feeling better. And so I'd like to adjust then awesome, right? But if it's from this place of like, oh, I think I should be eating keto or like, oh, my God, like, I eat breakfast and breakfast is so not the thing anymore. Like, it's like, the science is always changing or rather updating anyways. So, you know, take it for what it is, take what, what, helps you and leave what doesn't. And that might sound like super like obvious information. Like, yeah, duh. Like, I think you tell this to someone like, for instance, my dad, and he's like, uh-huh. Like, yeah, like, you just listen to your body, like, mm-hmm, like, duh. Right. But I think for women and like perfectionists and like A-type people, we yes. need that reminder of like, no, no, you don't have to do this perfect. You don't have to take this, you know, diet or whatever to a hundred percent because you you're likely going to do more harm than good and whenever you're in any sort of deprivation even if it's just mental um then you are going to to crave more you are going to eventually you know binge or overeat or whatever i know that word can be quite emotionally charged but um and i think it's important to recognize that just because you're not actually depriving yourself of 
food or physically, if you're in any sort of mental deprivation, which I think is um, sort of the toxicity that you're referring to in social media, like it's hard to not feel bad about what you are or are not doing, then, um, you know, it's not, you're likely going to lead to this kind of uh, behavior where you're trying to fill this void that you've been shown all day that you clearly have. And so it's really, you know, setting the intention to be like, I am already full and complete and, you know, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be me. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that the challenge is, or I guess what, what the problem is with all of the information being at our fingertips and a lot of misleading information and, and whatnot, it really disconnects women from tuning in. Yeah. We just don't even know what we need anymore. And you know, the amount of questions and I'm sure you get it too that I receive in DMs of like, can I eat Ezekiel bread? And I'm like, I don't know. Like can can you, you yeah. know, like should I take this supplement? Yeah. I don't know, should you? Like yeah. I'm and I'm not in any means trying to like be a jerk, but it's just like, I really don't know you and I don't know what's right for you. But like the fact that you're asking me this question shows me how disconnected you are from just trusting what your body is telling you. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. There is so much information and so much conflicting information, and we are just bombarded with it that I, of course, women feel this way. Of course. We are literally training ourselves to disconnect with our stomach. uh, You know, even now with intermittent fasting, and I'm actually not against like the premise of intermittent fasting where it's like, you know, let your body rest and digest before you, um, you know, go ahead and, and put more food into it. But right. it's this sort of, oh, awesome. I can just check out, not connect to my gut or my hunger signals for X number of hours. Perfect. You know, I feel amazing because I don't have to connect with, and you know, your gut holds your core identity. And so if there's mm-hmm. something in there that feels out of alignment with your path, then connecting with your with your gut is actually going to feel uncomfortable. And so, you know, as the example of intermittent fasting, women can feel great on it, at least to start, because it's like, perfect, I get to disconnect from my body even more, right? Yes. Um, until, of course, then it causes the other um, things going on. But um, yeah, we really, we do, we get so good at training ourselves out of feeling into what it feels like in our body. And I know I definitely struggled with that. I would put like a gazillion different things in my smoothie. I was overdoing it with supplements. And I see this with women all of the time. All they're the taking time. like yeah. 17 supplements. And then they're wondering why, you know, oh, but I still don't feel great or whatever. It's like, where is your equilibrium? Like, like who even knows where we're starting from here? Um, and so, you know, and again, I'm not like a doctor. So I'm not like giving prescription to like everyone to go off their supplements or anything like that. But for me and for a lot of the women that I work with, I, I do suggest, you know, the invitation of like, can we scale it back on the supplements? I mean, I had to kind of just go off them. And this is like, I literally have a supplements company. Um, But I literally had to be like, no supplements, Kiki. Like, let's just see where your body is at so that you can intentionally, um, you know, work them in. Um, I would always be super jealous of the person that like, I don't know, would have like a Rishi hot chocolate. And then she'd be like, oh, wow, like I feel so calm at that Rishi. I was like, 
Really? Like I take every goddamn mushroom, like every this, like I never feel anything, but I think it was just because I was like loading up on everything. Right. It was hard to tell what was making me feel good. Of course. You You don't know what's working when you have 21 different supplements in a day. Yeah. And I think that a lot of women as well think that like your intuition is going to like scream, you know, perfect answers at you. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. It it works in subtle whispers and oftentimes not words. It's like this other language. And so in order to really access it, there needs to be um, presence, you need to be know breathing deeper slower all of the things um and then you you need to trust yourself and I think that's um the hardest part it's the most beautiful part but it's also totally. the scariest like it was so mm-hmm. frustrating for me to learn this information of like are you effing kidding me like I can't just get someone to tell me the answers and and now looking back it's like I always just wanted the answers as it relates to like what should I go study at school like I remember feeling like I want an arranged marriage. Like, I don't want to make the wrong mistake. Like, can my dad just set me up with someone? Like, you know, it was always this thing of like, I just want to be do the right thing. And I think a lot of other women can relate of just like, just tell me all the good things to do and, and I'll do yeah. them. But unfortunately, yeah. you have to find yourself and, and make it's your own true. choices. <laughs> yeah, we rely so much on the external. Yeah. And we don't know how to trust the internal, and that's really where all the answers lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's not something that is going to happen overnight. Like no. learning how to trust yourself that just that doesn't happen on a whim. No. Like that is some work you got to show up for, and some unlearning and learnings and unraveling. Like There's that a- is where the work is. Absolutely. There's a lot of resurfacing. I feel like it's like a relearning for a lot of women because, yes. you know, there was one point in their life, even if it was when they were two years old, where there was an element of kind of like trust and alignment with their true selves. And so yeah. for the most part, at least the way that I approach it is really digging out what are the non-value-based beliefs that are operating in your gut right now that are driving you to out-of-order eating or out-of-order living, right? It's like, what is it? Is it and sometimes it's simply habitual and it's not really trauma. Um, there's not like an underlying trauma there. It's like a habit that they picked up and they can, you know, let it go and move on and wonderful. And then sometimes there is like a really true or really untrue rather non-value-based belief that is there operating in the gut that it's like, they feel like, oh no, like I, for instance, one of mine, and I see this a lot with women, it's like, no, I have to try harder in order to be slim and healthy than everyone else. Like everyone right. else can eat intuitively. Everyone else can like have what they like. And I get that that could work for other people, but it definitely won't work for me. Right. And it's like this underlying, like, nope, like I'm not good enough. I have to try harder in order to be at the same level as everyone else. And it's really pulling that out and being like, is that true though? Um, And where did I learn that that was true? And does that feel like a leaning in for me? Or is there somewhere within me that can actually see that that might not be my truth? And it's just something that I learned. And it helped me along my journey, but now I can let that go and turn it into a value-based belief and recognize that, you know, if I want the Ezekiel bread and it feels good for me that like, it's, you know, not going to make me a horrible person. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was really beautifully said. And I think just that right there is going to help shift. I'm hoping is going to help shift that sort of mental perspective for so many women mm-hmm. that that belief right mm-hmm. it's just a story that we made up somewhere along the way yeah. 
that we're not good enough and we got to work extra hard and whatever this person has over there just comes with such ease. So I better buckle up and, you know, put in more reps to, to get to where I need to get. Yeah. You know, I learned that one through working with so many nutritionists because they would say to me, they'd be like, look, I know Kiki, I tell my, I tell my clients like, Hey, I'll like put the avocado in the smoothie, like do that healthy fat, good for you, but they're like, but I can't like, <laughs> so this is, they know it's like, consciously I know like you know what I mean what to do I even you know teach other people what to do but there's this block within me and I'm like yeah like and that block is literally you know the obstacle to you just surrendering into your perfect you know innate health which is available to us I know it sounds kind of woo-woo and I'm not saying that we're all gonna end up being you know French supermodels if we just (laughs) surrender you never know but um, (laughs) I don't think that would be good anyways um but um, but but there is like the body doesn't need excess storage right it's that's if you're um if you're going into a famine you know it would be appropriate to to have excess but other than that you know it, it doesn't and so it's really about getting comfortable with arriving at hunger um, and I'm not saying that we need to starve or anything like that, but I am saying like, you're not going to die if you wait for hunger. <laughs> and then for yeah. a lot of us that do have a little bit of excess storage, you're also not going to die if you wait for hunger and then don't eat immediately. And, and I'm not saying we, we don't, we should do that. Like, of course we want to honor hunger when it comes up, but sometimes it comes up and you're in a zoom meeting or whatever it is. Um, and totally. so you can wait and it's really there's, I notice a lot of fear with women, both on, on all sides of the scale, literally, um, around hunger. And I, I can't, um, I imagine that this must be media or, you know, whether it's the snacking companies that are really trying to tell us, like, God forbid, you get hungry and get hangry. But then right. there is also the kind of like wellness influencers out there that are like, make sure you're always eating and like, you know, eating, make sure you yeah. have your healthy fats and this and that. And it's like, rules of eating always lead to overeating and overeating healthy food is inappropriate and is not healthy. So mm-hmm. um, it's still overeating. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite time of year. The sun is shining. The weather is getting warmer, which means it is time to get outdoors and soak up that sunshine. Sunshine is imperative for our hormone health, for melatonin production, supporting circadian rhythm, and it's how we absorb our vitamin D. And because we're going to be spending more time outdoors over these next few months, it's important that we protect our skin. And we can do that from the inside out. That's where Organifi Glow comes in. This is a natural collagen support product, and it tastes delicious. It's a delicious raspberry lemonade blend, and it contains tremella mushroom, acerola cherry, amla, and silica from bamboo. And what this means, it means it's going to support natural collagen production and elasticity. It actually contains five times the moisture of hyaluronic acid, thanks to tremella mushroom, and it's going to leave your skin brighter and glowing from the inside out. So head on over to OrganifiShop.com, use a coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout and save 20% off Organifi Glow. 
You have definitely heard me speak about the benefits of myo-inositol many times on this podcast. It is truly one of my go-to supplements to support blood sugar irregularity, to balance insulin sensitivity, support ovulation and PMS. But lately, I've been switching it up and using a product from Canprev called Prime Fertility. Now, I am not actively conceiving, but I still want to optimize fertility, and that means a healthy menstrual cycle and healthy ovulation. This product is a natural way to prime your ovulation phase, support egg quality, and ovulatory function. It has myonositol, choline, coenzyme Q10, and antioxidants. I really love this formula to support insulin sensitivity, which can often be a common factor behind PCOS, which can impact fertility. And even though we cannot really control how many eggs we're born with, we can still influence the quality through a healthy lifestyle and supportive nutrients that maximize fertility. Now, fertility doesn't just have to mean having babies. Maybe that is the case and the stage of life that you are currently at, and that's fantastic. And if so, this product is gonna be fantastic for you. But even if you're dealing with insulin sensitivity or PMS issues and just wanna maintain a healthy menstrual cycle and continue with ovulation well into your 40s, this is going to be a great product. It's called Prime Fertility from Canprev. You can head on over to canprevwomen.ca if you'd like to learn more about it or head out to your local health food store. You can find Canprev products across Canada. Okay, so let's talk about the biggest myth that you think is really running the show in diet culture right now. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like it, it literally changes every week based on <laughs> probably based on what AI is showing me on my. On oh my, my god! Um, but um, I would say the biggest myth right now that is like super relevant, at least in my world, is around the intermittent fasting thing. I feel like mm. so many people have just kind of um, clocked onto this, like, oh my god, finally, I have an answer. And yep. the underlying theme within that is like women do want something simple. They want something that they're not going to feel restricted or deprived. Um, they want to be able to live life, but they still need to like cling to something that's going to like support them in feeling good and looking good and like all power to them for that. But, yep. um, but I think that there's like a major warning sign that needs to be with this whole intermittent fasting thing. Um, which is, you know, you can get all of the benefits of intermittent fasting by waiting for hunger and stopping at balance. And that's it. Like there doesn't need to be any time rules or intervals or whatever. Um, I think it's also super important to remember that most of the studies on intermittent fasting and, and basically everything are always done on men, men. um, uh, or, uh, postmenopausal women, um, and so oftentimes not, um, women that are on their cycles, right. And that are, um, uh, ovulating. So how it's just, it's so, um, I feel like there's just so much danger within that. And I see it a lot in, in the wellness world, specifically with yeah. women that I would think should know better. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, so that's one that just comes to mind off the top of my head because it's been really relevant in my world uh, recently in terms of clients yep. where they go through this journey and then they kind of go through this like mild healing. And then they're like, they arrive at intermittent fasting as like, this is going the to thing. finally be the thing, right? And it's like, oh, you're so close because I get that it's, it's you know, now you're starting to incorporate other foods. You're, you're starting to like 
see that there's life beyond restriction, um, but you're still in the state of deprivation of, okay, well, it's like 5 p.m. It's my last meal. And inevitably, they'll overeat because it's like, oh, I'm not eating, you know, for X number of times or whatever it is. Right. Um, And so, so yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about that on the podcast. Like, I I always share my story of how intermittent served me well until it no longer didn't, right? And. Yeah. I think for so many women, it's like, oh, I don't have to eat in the morning and I could just have my cup of coffee and suppress my hunger. And it's just like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. And how many women are already nutrient deprived, calorie deprived, so stressed, exhausted, not sleeping, have, you know, all sorts of hormonal things going on. And then on top of that, where we're further restricting food and we're adding caffeine and it's just like, oh my, oh no. Yeah. And, and again, I get it. It's not that it's, that's ladies, if you're listening, this is not your fault. It's, mm-hmm. we've all gone through it. Yeah. We really have. And it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the latest fad and, you know, the, the, the research that comes out around it and so-and-so one's doing it. So it must work. And like, yeah, it's easy to get sucked into that. And again, it's just another way to really pull us out of our, you know, pull us away from our own intuition. Right. And, um, yeah. And again, it's not, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Even with the the coffee thing that you mentioned, it's like, I have to work so intuitively with each client because if one client says like, Oh, I just have coffee in the morning, like that's fine. But if it's coming from a place of like, as you say, suppressing hunger from this, like push to drive through of like, I don't eat until noon, blah, blah, blah. uh, Then like, okay, we need to, we need to address that. But if it's literally like, I don't get hungry. I like to sit and have my coffee and, you know, wait for hunger. Then I'm perfect. Right. And so on the outside, things might be the same, but you know, it's super working and in alignment for one person and not the other. So that's well, why with Instagram or posts or even, you know, the things that you see, it's like, but it, but it really does matter. It's like, you could be just having coffee in the morning and be living your best life and be super thriving <laughs> or you totally be having coffee in the morning and like absolutely, you know, disregarding your adrenals, like actually making it so much harder for your body to lose weight, putting yourself in stress. Um, for me, oftentimes, whenever I feel like I'm I'm carrying any excess or whatever, it's usually a sign that I need to do less. I need to eat more often. I need to do less exercise. I almost need to like teach my body again. Like, no, you're safe. You can let go. Like you can, you can release. Right. Um, And so you have to be really um, conscious of that. And it's not usually what you think. If you're gaining a little bit of weight or whatever, you think, okay, I need to like eat less. I need to exercise more. And right. sometimes that's the case for sure. <laughs> um, yep. But sometimes yep. it's literally the opposite. So it's so interesting. It is really interesting. Um, you know, just going back to the coffee, like I typically eat a meal in the morning and then I have my coffee. Or even if it's not a full meal, it might just be something small. Yeah. And with a small coffee, because then I go and I work out and, and I'm utilizing that caffeine because like, let's face it, you could buy all kinds of pre-workouts, but one of the best ones is really just having caffeine. Right. And so, um, you know, it, it depends, it depends on my day. It depends what I'm doing. Um, but that's, it's like, I want to have it for a purpose. Either I'm, I'm using it because I am going to go put that, you know, energy to good use and I'm in the gym and I've had some fuel with food as well. 
or I've already fueled and had a really decent meal. And now I'm going to sit and relax and enjoy this coffee afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, vacation, when I'm on vacation, I'm, there's no laptop, there's no phone, there's sunshine, there's the beach. My, you know, I'm in a different mental state. And sometimes I wake up and I'm sitting on the beach having a coffee, you know, and it's like, I wouldn't typically do that at home, but it's because my, it's, it's shifted. My stress response has totally shifted this week here, being out in nature every morning and at the beach. And, you know, I was just in Costa Rica and it was like the same thing. I normally don't start my day with coffee. And there I was just like waking up, having a coffee with my girlfriend out in the sun. And it's, Mm -hmm. again, like the environment can really impact it. You know, it really can. Like I know that traveling in Italy and for two weeks, again, no laptop, no phone, no work, you know, joy, travel, adventure, yeah. eating all the foods. I, I felt great, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then you come home and you want to eat those same foods in a hectic environment and you're busy and all the things. Your body does react very differently. Totally. It's, you're really getting at the, the gut brain connection, right? It's like, yes. I know for, for me, when I was in stressful, this, you know, really stressful state, yeah, no, I couldn't take dairy, gluten, any of those things. Um, right. But it was, you know, it was because I wasn't, I wasn't at my optimal. I wasn't, you know, digesting these foods properly because my gut was inflamed due to all of the, the thoughts and actions that I was doing that were out of alignment. Um, whereas now, I mean, it's not like I just have a diet of like, I'm just not eating like bread and butter every day. But at the same time, I can have some gluten, I can have some dairy, and I don't feel the hit that I used to. Um, And so I mean, so there's that component of environment. Of course, there's also, you know, like, Coffee tastes better in Greece. I'm sure it doesn't really as well. And so it's like, I bet. <laughs> there's also that. Um, and so, yeah, you do really have to be have to be conscious. And I think that it, it sounds so, at least it did for me, it just felt a little bit woo-woo and a little bit like, oh, like, okay, like I'm being mindful. Like I'll be mindful, fine, right? Um, but you really do, it has to start not just with your meals and not just with your food, but I always, you know, have the women that I work with, it's like, okay, catch your thoughts first thing in the morning. Like, are you already rushing to the next thing? There's often this, this theme with my clients, they're always rushing, but rushing everything, right? right. And, and, yeah. and we work on the whole, like not rushing eating, but then they realize like, wait a second, I'm rushing everything. I'm rushing grocery shopping. I'm rushing meal prep. I'm rushing. Yep. They never arrive and eating is in the moment um, and it's present. And there's no way that you can really... Uh, find your balance point of that nice point where you stop if you're rushing through it. Um, and so it is key to, to stop and slow down. And I know that we've heard this all before. Um, and so I think that we just sort of take it for granted. But the beautiful thing about it is all you have to do is actually just do it. And it does actually work. And it does <laughs> take that long. Like That's a beautiful thing about it. It's like one of the, the few things in life where it's like instant gratification, baby. Like I am all about it. I'm a female millennial. So I'm like, instant <laughs> gratification? Um, hello. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> intuitive eating and like slowing down and actually enjoying your meal. It's not like, okay, like try it. Let me get back to you in three weeks. It's like one meal. It's like, wow, yeah. I feel better. I feel I enjoyed the meal more. I'm now enjoying totally. my body. And it's like, yeah, that can be your new reality. And, and it's almost like that's the really boring answer versus like, no, I think I need to like buy this like 
$17 gluten-free bread and I just need to right. not eat carbs and I need to do this and I need to fast. Like right. that feels more like, <laughs> that feels juicier to me, you know? And I get it. Like it's yeah. like healing can be kind of boring, right? It can be like, oh, wait, so I don't need to spend like a thousand dollars on supplements. Like mm, that doesn't right. sound like it's going to work, you know? Totally. Um, but- I just have to slow down. <laughs> But yeah, it's eat like, without distraction. Like, like, is yeah. there a pill for that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. We just we're bypassing the real work. Yeah, yeah, we really are. So, what are some practical ways that you recommend our listeners can implement to foster a healthier relationship with food? So the first step that I always have my clients take is really separating food from the movement of life. So for instance, in France, they've always gotten this. And this is why they can eat buttered croissants and still be blended, right? Um, <laughs> and so here's the thing. It's, it's recognizing that food is a break from life, which means you're sitting down, you're stopping what you're doing, and you're eating. So that then you can get back into the movement of life, which is everything else, Right. And so consider, like, are there times when I'm eating and I'm doing something else? Probably the answer mm. is yes, right? And, yeah, and right. whether that's fully being really distracted and, like, you know, having a meal in front of a Zoom or whether it's, you know, having your meal but then scrolling your phone or for the mom, like, oh, kind of, like, attending to the kids or whatever. Um, right. And so the first step is really getting super present with all of your meals. Um, I use a recording method to kind of um, – uh, it's not a food track or anything like that, but just to kind of hold yourself accountable to, okay, each time I'm going to eat, I'm going to write down if I'm present or distracted or I'm on the go. And even just that kind of practical piece of something that sort of makes mm-hmm. you, it's like that reminder, it's that accountability to yourself to be like, okay, wow. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to write down that I'm distracted right now. So I'm going to maybe be present, right? And sort of gather right. that information, I think is a really great first step for anyone. Um, it also helps to helps you to identify how many eating occasions that you're having in each day. Not that there's any like goal number that you should work towards or anything like that, but it is important to be conscious of, you know, am I eating eight times a day? I know for me, I was, oh my goodness, I felt like food was so complex and and just chaotic, but it was because I was sort of eating all of the time <laughs> because, right. um, you know, I was, I was sort of like restricting, but then that would end up to kind of like overeating. And then there was compensation. It was just like very chaotic. Um, and yeah. so, um, sometimes just gathering that data can sort of be like, oh, okay, interesting. What if I were to actually just wait for hunger? And that's kind of like part two, you know, um, really checking in with, am I actually hungry and it's okay to be hungry. And, um, the invitation is, is really to consider like what comes up as you are arriving at hunger. Is it that, you know, you're just simply bored and you want to fill the space? Is it that you're overwhelmed? Um, and, and, and it's just getting, and you don't even need to find the necessarily the solution to it. You just need to own it and then be like, okay, now there are other ways to soften the discomfort in my life. I think that there's a lot of messages, or especially nowadays, and I hear it through my clients who work with therapists. They're like, yeah, and they say like, I should sit with it. I'm like, I get what they're saying. I'm not bashing your therapist. Right. But like, we <laughs> do want to escape discomfort in our lives and that's okay. So I'm not saying like, oh, 
sit with it, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, right. who wants to do that, right? But I'm saying like, you know what? Go like binge watch Netflix or like go, you know, like go on a walk or like go put on a hand cream and smell something nice. Like it's okay right. to escape um, the like the not so nice niceties in life. Like that is all right. Life is hard, but eating is simple. And so whenever it becomes difficult or, or a, cha- a challenge, it just means that there's something in life that you need to attend to. And ultimately food is caring for the physical body when hungry. And so if you're using it for, for anything other than that, you are doing it to service to yourself and you're being irresponsible to your body. And if you want to intentionally do that, again, now there's a lot of intuitive eating coaches that are like, it's okay to eat in your car. Like, it's okay to eat when you're not hungry. Like, right. and I guess they're kind of trying to soften the, the sort of restriction mindset. But I'm also very much about being disciplined and being responsible to yourself. And um, Makes sense. it's all about, like, really maximizing the abundance of pleasure in your body. And if you're not hungry and you're eating, you're reducing the net pleasure in your body. And, and that's not nice. So do something else. For sure. And so when you speak about hunger, like, are you referring to, okay, so it's one thing to, obviously you wake up in the morning and it's time to eat your hungry. Yeah. Okay. You eat your meal, but it's like when that hunger just feels like it's incessant, like just constantly, is that what you mean? Like the constant eating, just like not actually. Yeah. Do you, I think you kind of get where I'm, where I'm getting, getting at. Yes. So there's, there's two ways. So if it's like, um, if it feels like nonstop hunger for me, it wasn't, it was nonstop eating. It wasn't nonstop hunger. Um, I could, I could address that there was sometimes space in my stomach, but it wasn't like I was actually gut hungry. It was more so I just wanted to buffer life with food. Right. And it it was, I was, I was interweaving everything that I was doing with some sort of snack. Right. And because I also had these beliefs around, oh, well, it's for me, it was like, but it's just fruit or like, but it's just this. Right. And so it it was it was really I I needed to get to the truth of like food is food. And if you're not hungry, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, organic and local from the market. Like it's it's not appropriate to eat it Um, now. So so it's, you know, getting back to the, the gut hunger. Now, if clients are saying, like, I'm literally hungry all of the time. I'm not saying I don't believe that they don't believe themselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, like it's sort of impossible. Like if you actually, like if you're eating food, do you know what I mean? And like, and of course right, you have to right. look at what it is that you're eating. If you're, if you're always hungry, but it's clear that you're not eating any sort of satiating items like fat right. and protein, because you have all of these limiting beliefs around what fat and protein are going to do to you. Then of course we need to get to the bottom of that. Um, but ultimately if you're eating, you know, you will soothe hunger for a period of time. And then it's um, getting honest with yourself of like, hunger will come back. Um, that was something that really comforted me when I was going through my process, because there was almost this fear of like, oh, now it's over. Like, it's sad, because there was so much of my identity wrapped up in food and eating healthy and all of these things. And so when I would curb hunger and, you know, and eat, and then it would be done, there was like, what now? You know what I mean? It's like, what am I going to do my life? Yeah. Right. And so it's reminding <laughs> yourself like hunger always returns, like returns, hunger always yeah. comes back and maybe it won't return at 5 PM tonight, but, and maybe it won't even return tomorrow morning, but it will return and you have your whole life to eat. And so, you know, go figure out what you want to do with your life because that's, that's time and space that's yours to take up and own and, 
oftentimes there's this block around owning space, owning boundaries, um, really showing up um, in the way that you want to. And once you do that, you don't need to escape the living life part and, and go to food. You can actually be in the living life part. And what you'll realize is that the only time you have to stop living rights is when you're actually hungry because it's like you're getting these visceral sensations of like, wait, I can't continue living life because I need more fuel. And you're like, oh, perfect. I'll have fuel. And then you move back into living life. And that's right. what, that's all food is. Um, and again, that's kind of boring and a little bit um, sad for some of us that have made it like this like complex scenario where like, oh, it literally just feels this forward. Like, that's it. <laughs> right. And of course, there's, you know, there's certain foods that, you know, you feel better on whatever. I'm all for it. Of course. Well, yeah. But we yeah. do have to come back to basics. Yeah. It's, it's fuel. It is at the end of the day, it is fuel. It's yeah. energy in your body and it's important to provide yourself enough of it. Yeah. So that you can live your life. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, like you said, there's, there can, there's definitely nuances within that in terms of what foods work better for you versus somebody else and totally. intolerances and, and whatnot, of course, because we're all unique. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it is fuel. And I find so many women are under eating yeah. and they're, they're not fueling themselves appropriately. Yeah. And then it, yeah, then it becomes a challenge to go and really show up powerfully in their life. I so see that as well. And I even find, um, a lot of the women that I work with, they'll say, oh my God, and I binge, I, you know, I did this, whatever. And I'm like, did you, or did you like starve yourself for two days and then overeat a little bit because you're right. always trying to bring yourself back to balance. I think that's as well why I'm very about this reporting process and sort of treating yourself like a test subject and just really getting information because I think we can be so hard on ourselves. Like we have one little episode where we overate, right? Like, and maybe we binge, but oftentimes right. I feel like once I get to the bottom of it, they'll say that they're binging or whatever. And it's like, okay, you stretched your stomach a little bit. Yep. That was inappropriate, but you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You don't need to like go fast for the next week, right? Like hunger will totally, come, um, especially yep. with the younger women that I work with. They're like, oh my God, yeah, but then I was hungry like the next day. I'm like, yeah, you work out and you're like 25. Like, of course you're hungry. Of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can eat a bag of bagels and tomorrow you'd be starving again. Like, that's wonderful. Enjoy it. <laughs> so so true. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. I mean, I know like, of course, even men go through it too. I could just think of my partner. Like, if, for example, like a perfect example, just this past Sunday, like we... We ate a little bit more than we usually do. We were testing. I, I was really excited. Tested all these different recipes, Ooh. and you know, we were eating just a little, a little bit more. Our meal was a little bit larger, and at the end of the day, and you know, got into bed. And he's like, "I just feel full. Like I just, you know, I just, I really overate today. Like that was, that was too much." And he was just getting in this whole story, and I was just like, "That was really delicious." And you know what? Tomorrow's another day, and I know I'm not going to eat the way. I did today, tomorrow, or the rest of the week because that was just a one-off and I fully enjoyed it and it was great. Like our viewpoints were just so totally different, yeah. you know? And yeah. however, go back, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, that wouldn't have been the story I told myself. That would have right? been like, yeah, oh my God, that was so bad. Like I can't do that again. That yeah. was just 
way too much. Like, yeah, I do feel really full. Like I should have known, but you know, that would have been the story going on in my head. And it's interesting when you have that kind of story, it's only because you think that that's going to help you. Like in the sense of we want to be harder on ourselves because we're like, I'm never going to let that happen again. Like, right. Right. We think that sort of energy will be like, now I'm going to get back on track, whatever. Right. It does the opposite because then you're putting yourself in a state of deprivation and then you're going to likely overeat later because, um, you know, willpower is is a muscle. It's not a skill. It, it gets worn out throughout the day. And so if you're willpowering through, then, you know, the end of the day will come, whatever. And um, you're, you're going to get weak versus, uh, you know, this, this new perspective where it's like, oh, okay, you know what? I overate a little bit. All good. Like hunger will return. Like that's a fact. Yeah. Right? And then I'll be the beautiful thing about it's like, then it's reset again. Like, like I can always get back to zero. I can always get back to my set point, to my balance point, whatever. All I have to do is wait. Um, and so, and with that kind of energy, you're then not in a deprivation state, you're in an abundance state. And, right. you know, so, so you don't sort of have to compensate your way through. And it's also much less draining because you can wake up the next day and you probably, you know, Maybe you weren't hungry in the morning. You just went on about your life versus waking up the next morning being like, I'm definitely not eating, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like 2 p.m., you're like pounding that butter because you're like, oh, finally I can eat. Depriving. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Oh, my God. It is is a crazy cycle. It really is. Well, this was such an insightful conversation. Thank you so much for your time and for being with us today. Where can our audience learn more about you and connect with you? Oh, thank you. So um, on Instagram, I'm Kiki underscore Athanas. And then my website is kikiathanas.com. And so you can check out all the different things that I have there. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. That was so great. And thanks again. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I really hope today's conversation sparked a deeper insight within yourself, some introspection of how you can create a healthier, more sustainable relationship with food. If you would like to connect with our guest, Kiki, over on Instagram, you can follow her at Kiki underscore Athanas, and that is A-T-H-A-N-A-S. And we would love it if you could share this episode with the women in your life. And if you would love to grab one of our delicious three-day hormone balancing meal plans, for free. All you got to do is leave us a five-star review over on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast and take a screenshot, send it over to Nikki on my team, support at holisticwellness.ca. Just send over the screenshot of your review or your rating, and we will email you over the delicious three-day hormone balancing meal plan. Thanks for being with us. Have a beautiful day. Chat with you next week.